Okay, welcome back to Put the Kettle On with Natasha, or Nashi as I'm commonly known, and Helen Sharman, is it? It is. Sharman. Hello. So we're sitting in a cafe at Berlin at the moment. We're having a lovely lunch and we're just chatting away about our. Ooh, clanking glasses do it, excuse me, but we'll pretend it's a kettle and we'll pretend it's a, like a couple of tea cups. Anyway, so we're chatting about work and we're chatting about the way we like to work and ethics and values, etc. etc. Anyway, we'll just carry on chatting. So let's go where we left off. We were talking about how we like to get things done. Yeah, and how we are both very similar. We're both the same kind of personalities, but we get along super well. And this kind of, the business that we're in, the industry that we're in, it's not its not a business-y type of industry, I don't think. I think it's more a um, building them relationships and friendships out of it and being on the same page and really enjoying what we do. I think if you don't enjoy what you do, you're not going to be any good at it. You clearly enjoy what you do and you're an amazing success of what you do. I love my job. I love who I work for. I love provider choice. I love the role that I'm in. I love that we have good results at the end of the day and we're making a difference to people's lives. But I like days like this when we can catch up with each other and talk about work things, talk about non-work things, help each other progress and just have a chinwag really, which is lovely. And and that, that comes down to being authentic. Absolutely. So it's the authenticity of people in our industry because our industry is dealing with people predominantly who are very vulnerable mm-hmm. and very sensitive on all levels, yeah. you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. financially. It, like you said, it's not, and we had this discussion yesterday as well mm. at the Abilities Expo at the Crown, was that it was really important. Um, I wish Freddie would wrap it up in the background. <laughs> no, Sorry, the, that's Freddie in the background. Um, and, and yeah, we might close the door on them soon. But what we were talking about, going back to this, is that understanding that there are no, like, um, hierarchies needed. Uh, the approach needs to be authentic. It needs to be friendly. And also what I'd like to talk about, what well, just to get back to, is finding people in your company that you gel with, but also enjoying and looking at people for their talents and mm. letting them use those talents mm. that they really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. One of the things that I've always found in this industry, right from when I first started, and just to give you a background, I came from a very businessy industry. Okay, I was a business broker, um, self-employed, had my own company. It was very businessy. It was very formal. Um, emails were always formal. What I noticed as soon as I came into this is it's a lot less formal. You can really be yourself. You can finish off an email with a smiley face, even kisses. Yes. All this I kind of thing. I use smiley faces a lot. I am yeah. the queen of smiley faces. They're, yeah, me too. All my team give me a lot of shit about the smiley faces oh, no, that I, think I use. Lovely. But, um, I do it all the time. But I think that's just a true indication of who you are. I do it without even thinking about mm. it. In the previous industry, I couldn't have done that. The other thing that I love is that when you meet with people, whether it's the first time or the tenth time, you know whether that person is in this for the right reasons. Yes. You can just tell. Yeah. It really stands yeah. out. And I love that every day I get to deal with people like that. On the odd occasion where you meet somebody and they're not right, straight away you're like, you should not be in this industry. Yeah. You're just not the right person. It's all about the dollars for you. It's not about... I tend to distance home. myself from those people. Agree. yeah. Because I I find I, I get irritated okay. and they're not in line with my ethics and values. values. So I don't... Re- I just can't, tend to avoid them politely, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? Because Sometimes not so politely. <laughs> well, mostly politely because yeah. you never know. You yeah. know, you can't bridge the bridges, but... 
but like you say you know it's it's about that I passionately and really do enjoy helping people and when I get annoyed or I get compassion fatigue or we all get a little bit annoyed and need to have a whinge yeah but when I when it really when it really comes down to it I think about that person inside in the middle of all this stuff going around them and I just think about how they must be feeling who they are I take myself out of myself and put myself into their shoes and then I feel so grateful to be in my own shoes and my perception is balanced and the next minute you know like I'm even more passionate and all that fatigue's gone and the annoyance is gone and I'm striving again to be patient to be diplomatic Mm. to troubleshoot because the passions come back yeah. because I've just taken myself out of my own ego mm. and put myself back into that person yeah. and how they must be feeling no matter how annoying and demanding they can become because it can happen mm. that they can become like that mm. and also you're setting those boundaries I yeah. mean boundary setting is quite the thing and not all people really know how to do it yeah. how do people in your company cope with that because I should imagine as plan managers they'll get people calling a lot saying well how can I do this Absolutely. what do I do and then you've really got to be able to manage your time yeah. so you can you know help everybody else yeah, so how sure. do you address boundaries well and... firstly the people we employ we employ yeah. them for the right reasons so it doesn't matter whether they've got NDIA experience we we employ them based on their yeah. heart it's literally are you caring genuinely do you care do you have empathy are you kind all of these factors are the values of provider choice yeah. you could walk into us and have all the NDIA experience in the world but if you don't have them um, yeah bound, them factors we don't want to know you that shines through so like you just said a plan manager can get 10 calls a day from one person yeah and um, they have to do they do have to put their boundaries in place but they also have to learn how to cope with the information that they're dealing with as well so we all have them days where we'll be talking to somebody and we'll have the days that whatever they've said to us will make us ball our eyes out and we'll cry and we'll cry and we'll cry and we'll cry but the fact that you're crying is it's just a testament to the fact that you are a human being yeah. and you really really do care if you yeah. didn't cry you probably don't care enough um, and then there's the times when that maybe that same person might call you a few weeks later and tell you that they've achieved a, a goal. It might seem like a small goal, but it's a huge goal to them. Mm. And they'll share that information with us. And getting that information is what gives us the goose pimples. It makes us share it with the rest of the team. We have in our team meetings, we have feel good stories all the time. Yeah. That's the things that really keep us going. That's the things that make us yeah. realize why we're we doing what we're doing. And we are doing a good thing and we're helping them. We are lucky enough at Provider Choice, we're lucky enough that we get all the assistance that we need in terms yeah. of time off if you need it. Um, counseling, stress leave, all that kind yeah. of thing. Talk it through. You've got your team leaders, you've got your yeah. managers, all of that. It makes it just for the most amazing and workplace. It, it will see that that in itself is really important because yeah. when I worked for the Department of Child Protection, they did have a good thing in place, and that was in Broome. So it was it was it was hard. It was hard work. It was emotionally really draining, and we did have debriefs after some situations that would happen that would be shocking shocking um but you know the burnout rate was massive because the we had you know we had the uh, you know the the counseling in place we had all of that in place but it was relentless it was relentless it never stopped it's and but the good thing is what it taught me after doing the hard yards and having that experience in broom has set me up 
And, you know, it's only in hindsight you go, oh, my goodness, this is where I am today and why I'm so good at what I'm doing today. Mm. It's what you've learned and what you've taken from that in the past without letting it destroy you. Mm. So I recognised after four years I had to get out because I recognised my compassion fatigue was so high, my burnout was there. I wasn't going to be helpful to anybody. But also what happened after a little bit of a rest, when I first came here I went to aged care and I found that really confronting. I think that just says something about me maybe confronting my own age, my aging, probably, I don't know. That didn't really work out, and so I then made a strategic move into NDIS and disabilities, and that's worked out brilliantly, yeah, so yeah. that's really well. You found your calling. I did, I found my calling, finally, because it's a very diverse role, you know. But what I was trying to get back to is where it comes to boundaries. I learned that what the strength of boundaries and what they mean and how that empowers your participant. Mm. So it's not just about your own boundaries. Mm. If you have solid boundaries, and I think it's poor support workers who get very enmeshed, mm. they really need the help around that as well and mentoring around boundaries. If you go in with really good, strong boundaries, but give your participant a really good understanding from beginning to end what you're there to do, Mm. with lots of love, humor, compassion, and rapport, Mm -hmm. you've already set the stage. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like the recovery coach, really. It is, exactly. And because they do have you at the end of the phone, if they can call you every every minute of the day, they will. And I, I, obviously, I'm not a plan manager. I'm a community engagement manager. But I hear the plan managers on the phone. And I hear them going, oh, hello, such and such. And you know that you've already spoken to them three times today. But they just have their way of dealing with it. And like you say, they are are building capacity with them by teaching them their boundaries. That's exactly it. It's building their capacity. Because at the end of the day, really, I suppose, in my role what I need to what I hopefully can do or need to do is to build them to a level where they don't need me anymore yeah and that is me being successful and yeah. now you, you're not always going to get clients or participants like that unfortunately some of them will need you forever mm. because of the nature of the disability mm. and the situation that they're in mm. and there is no real capacity building inverted commas you mm. know um, but again boundaries boundaries I learned so much about boundaries and self-care when I was at the Department of Child Protection, um, I learned that if I didn't look after myself... You're going to be no use today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it really is about balance. And, yeah. you know, luckily now, you know, this 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 role, I, I mean, is so much more diverse. There are a lot of things I'm doing, which I find really, really interesting and really fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm never bored. You mm-hmm. know, I'm in the office, I'm meeting you, I'm, you know, I'm doing a bit of B... BDM, BDM, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. a bit rude then. Uh, a bit of BDM on the side, um, and you know, special sport coordination, and just you know, mentoring of team members, mm. and you know, then I'm you know at home, and then I go and visit clients. Never boring. Never, <laughs> never boring. And there's many things you're doing. So you're advocating. You're, you, it's like being a social worker. It's like being an allied health worker. It's like being a counsellor. But it's also being a coordinator with enough 
boundaries knowledge to be able to plan it and really be of service mm. ethically to your participants yeah and like what we were just talking about before having that mm. support um, yeah and i think one of my downside has been my own self-care i did get to that stage where i burnt out yeah my bosses kept telling me all the time you need to take time out helen you need to have days off you need to take a break go on yeah. holiday and i was my own worst enemy i wouldn't do it yeah um maybe because i was a little bit of a control freak and i not because, <laughs> at least you're honest yeah, no, yeah. I am a control freak with things like that but even when it comes to like making the bed my husband I've taught it's took me 30 years to teach him how to make the bed but now he's got it good he gets a nine out of ten when he makes the bed and it's you know it's got cushions and fluff all over the place so it's it's not an easy task (laughs) but I guess that is the control freak in me because I am very I am controlling but I hate to let people down, so I like to know that every email's been actioned, every phone call's been returned, people don't wait, people don't call me three days later. I have a rule, it's a 24-hour rule. Absolutely. Always, 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 never, ever do I ever not get back to someone within 24 hours. But sometimes you get to that stage where you've got really overloaded and you really do need the help, so if you have got that person to help or the team, that's why I'm lucky, I do have a really, really good team, so I do have them to help me. And it's only really now, probably nearly two years into this um, position, that I I am starting to let go yeah. a little bit and I'm allowing people to do things for me and, yeah. and I for the first time in nearly two years I took a week off Yeah. So and it did me well the world done. of good and now it's taught me that I can do it um, I can have the time off and I can yeah. rely on the team to look after things for me you can let go which a is, bit let yeah. go but which yeah. is going to make me a better person and it's going to mm. make me even better at my job and also with, the, with control right? control is a funny thing good managers are often very controlling or um, but it's not because they're controlling as in bad negative controlling no. it's because they really want to make sure that their people are looked after and the people yeah. around them are looked after yeah. however I've learnt a lot about the control side of things as well because I have always got plan A to Z because I grew up with trauma so it's like if this doesn't work then this is good then I've got that in place and I've got that in place mm. and I've got that in place so I've always got a fallback mm. right now I've learnt as I've got older if I've done all the work beforehand I can actually sometimes just let it go because I've realized that when I do that, it allows other people to pick it up and step up themselves. And then I don't need to worry. I can actually watch them flower a bit. I can actually see them build their own capacity, whether it's your, you know, people you work with or your participants or whatever. So long as you've got that that, that safety net mm. for them and you just put it in place put it out there and let it go and mm. see what happens and it's often really exciting number one it's a bit scary but it's we need to scary. do we need to do risk <laughs> risk is a good thing mm. calculated risk is good especially if you put a safety net in, mm. inside mm. so that if they fall there's someone catching them mm. so it's never going to be disastrous mm. but it gives them enough it's like when you've got kids You've got to let them fall over and bust yeah, their knee learn. up. Yep. You know, you've got to let them like have a humiliating experience, yeah. unfortunately, yep. because it's in that that your self-learning happens. Mm. And I've learned that by letting go, I'm allowing people to learn. Yeah. So because I'm a rescuer, I'm a mum. I'm, I'm a you know, I want to rescue it's and feed everybody. Well, it's the mum. It's, it's the mum. Yeah. yeah we want sure. to look after everyone. We want to feed everyone. We want to make sure everyone's happy. Yeah. And, and it, the world is all you know unicorns and rainbows, and we really do want that. Yeah. I do. I think but a lot we of, can't. I think a lot yeah. of the time it is the mum in me. Not, it is not just the business person in me. It's, no, it's the, the mum in me. It's your driving force. It's the driving force, but it's the caring side as well. So I think, like you just said, it's not. 
that I'm super controlling about the work that I'm doing as mm. if I don't trust anyone to do it. I just don't want to let anybody down. And the yeah. same with your family life. You never exactly. want to let anybody down. If your kids call, you're there. If yeah. they need you, you're there. You're there. I talk yeah. to my kids every day so on the phone. I. Every yeah. day. And I love that. I wouldn't yeah. change that for, for the world. Um, and then recently somebody asked me about my priorities where's my priorities oh in life? right because yeah that's they see confronting that it was confronting um and this is before i took the time off yeah um and basically they told me that my priorities work and i was like well i don't think it wow. is i think it's it's family is always number one however it made me think about it and i did think you know what you're right i've put work first for so many years so so many years that I guess the family did probably get put on the back seat a little bit, which is not a good thing to happen. And like you just said, if you're not feeling great yourself, everything else suffers in your life. Yeah. So it did make me have a bit of a wake up call and I have I have stepped back a bit. Yeah. And I did take that time off. It was liberating. It did me the world of good but not that's to have you the learn. work. You, you, somebody mentioned something, so taking it, getting upset and getting moody and just pushing made me back. Think. It, you you took it on board. Yeah. You looked at yourself, mm. you had a check-in with your ego, and you went, yeah, maybe, hang on a minute, yeah. maybe. You know, I mean, it's the same as parents, right? Yeah. We don't always do the right thing. We did, <laughs> we did the best thing we could at the time mm. with the knowledge we had. And some of the things we do, you know, we go, but, it, you know, it's like my daughter says to me, at least you admit it, mum, you, you, you look at it and you're honest and mm. you look at yourself. And in that, when people do that, you know they're learning. Mm. And that's graceful. Mm. I think that's really graceful and that makes me smile. Yeah. And you know, it's the same with if people's done something wrong and they go, Oh look, I'm really sorry, hands up, I my bad, I did that, or please teach me or da-da-da. I will give anyone a second chance mm. when they're honest. Yeah. If they the blame others or they do or something, they then I'm just like goodbye, see you later. Yeah, that's door shut. You can't work with people like no. that or have them in your lives. No, not no, no, because no, they're it, draining. We don't want negativity in our lives. We want to no. be surrounded by people that are making us feel good, making us feel happy, that we enjoy being around. Hence the reason that you and yeah. I are catching up today. And because, making others feel happy, like yeah, like exactly. just a nice big circle of yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. we're sounding like hippies now. <laughs> Love. <laughs> we're tree hugging. Yeah, it? yeah. But if you could <laughs> see Helen. She's True. absolutely beautiful, and you can, she's got lovely earrings and a beautiful face and makeup. And I look like the hippie, actually. You do not. You, look, you always look beautiful, Natasha. Oh, always, you. always, oh. inside and out. Oh. Always, always. So, um, just to, to to end the the podcast now, because we're I think we're into about sixteen minutes, nearly twenty. So we don't want to like bore yeah, bore people. <laughs> not hopefully we're not boring you. But anyway, so um, I just want to always ask a question at the end. What is your most passionate memory oh crap you put me on the spot yes and it has to be truthful and honest you must it doesn't have to be work it can be anything you must passionate you, you must like happiest memory the most the most the, the, the memory that drove you to do what you do the the memory it could be having a child it could be well, anything you I know. think most people would say oh getting married having my children yeah. all them kind of thing clearly they're amazing things yeah to of happen. course yeah I think one of the things probably in the last recent years my yeah. husband had prostate cancer <gasps> and when he had that it absolutely rocked our world yeah, we were a very 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 close family me yeah. and Mick and my husband and our two kids we're we're a very close family but when he got that test result that it was all gone and clear 
that is like the biggest relief Aww. ever. And even now, every year, three years later, every year he has to go for that blood test. And every year, for a week, we're all on, nobody Tenter really hooks. says anything, yeah. but we're all thinking it. We're like, God, please be clear, please be clear. Yeah. clear. And for three years, he is. But oh, that's I think wonderful. That, that is definitely a, a thing for me because that is a massive life-changing thing. Yeah. I couldn't live my life without him and yeah. my family because they are my world. Oh, that's so, so nice. I love that. Yeah, I can so see it in your face, too. It, it's just yeah. from absolutely the gospel truth. So oh. when you think about things like that, the rest of anything else happening in your life just fades into insignificance really it's just not important it is true very true but when you've got all that and you've got health and happiness the rest of your life will just flow and i'm lucky that i have had a good healthy happy life apart from his prostate cancer which is gone um we're lucky we've had we are we're very very, we're very privileged we live in an extremely privileged world and you know i feel very grateful yeah i feel really grateful for my family and the people i work with i love the people i work with if i didn't i wouldn't stay yeah i would never go to work every day in a job that i didn't like that's so no me point. as well yeah. no I think no you point. and I are too headstrong yeah. for that sort of yeah. stuff yeah. oh well, thank you so much Helen oh, I'm going to end the podcast now yeah, thank um, you. it's been lovely to talk to you, you and we'll see you next episode take care bye everybody bye. don't forget put the kettle on